You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Now here's your host, Chris McPherson. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am Chris McPherson, and welcome to a special edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. Uh, quick programming note, since free agency starting to die down, we're in the second week as we record this, the draft is right around the corner. This will be the last episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast until the fall. We're actually going to completely change the Insider Podcast moving forward. It's going to be a new format, and we're really excited about it. Uh, so for that reason, we're going to kind of transition things with the Eagles Live Podcast with Dave Spadaro every Thursday, kind of handling the nuts and bolts, the news and notes going on with the team. You're still going to have Eagle Eye in the Sky with my co-host here, Fran Duffy, analyzing the X's and O's with the team. And then the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by AAA, of course, is going to keep on rolling with all the latest on the Eagles, having the number eight overall pick, as well as everything going on with the draft, not just the Eagles, but the entire National Football League. Also joined here today, of course, as always, by Alex Smith, and behind the scenes, my man Brian Thomas as the producer. So we're going to kick things off here with three and out, and then get to your reaction to our question of the day and mailing it in. With what the Eagles have already accomplished in free agency, what do you want to see the team doing in this sort of the final phase of free agency? What else do the Eagles need to accomplish before the draft? So we'll react to your responses. But first, the latest on the team in our three and out. One, two, three, three. Three is a magic number. Three. Three. Now it's time for three and out. So our theme for this week's three and out is what has been the most interesting move thus far made by the Eagles. And Fran, I'll let you take the honors. Kick things off here. So the, the, the topic of mine will be the top, the main topic of my column last week, uh, covering a lot of the free agent signings uh, that the Eagles made last week. And it's Rodney McLeod, the safety from the Los Angeles Rams that the Eagles brought in and uh, will we'll play next to Malcolm Jenkins and certainly was – I knew, I knew a little bit about Rodney McLeod going in. And, I, you know, Greg Cosell has been talking very, very highly of him whenever I've talked to him about just safety tandems around the league, uh, has mentioned that Rodney McLeod and, and T.J. McDonald may have been the safety duo that no one was talking about. And McLeod can do everything and, and spoke very, very highly of him. So the first thing I did, I said, all right, you know what, I'm going to watch a couple games. I'm going to call Greg. I'm going to get a couple quotes from him to, to put into the article, and then I'll watch some more. So I, I watched a couple games, and I'm like, wow, you know, the, he's playing a lot of single high, uh, plays a little bit of two high, but he's a big hitter. He's a good run defender. He's a really reliable tackler coming downhill. But, man, he just, he just does everything. So then I call Greg, and Greg says, Fran, I, I love Rodney McLeod, and I love the signing. I know later on, I think he went on a podcast with Bill Simmons yesterday and said he was the best signing of any team in all of free agency, was the Eagles signing Rodney McLeod. Greg said this. Greg said this on Bill Simmons' podcast I, I, admit, I saw that he was on it, and I actually had meant to listen to it. Yep. So, very uh, interesting. So, when I, so, I'm talking to him, and he says, you know, I think, I've always thought of him as an Earl Thomas light. And I talked to somebody at the Combine and said, yeah, I mean, they're basically the same player. They're used in the same exact scheme. Thomas is a little bit more physically gifted, but used in the same way, and he's not that much far off. McLeod's a really, really interesting player, still young, uh, and the more I watched him again, it's not necessarily he comes downhill and he's just blowing up ball carriers. But, mm. you know, I, I put it in the piece. 
you know, you're coming downhill, and I'm watching him against Adrian Peterson, makes the one-on-one tackle. I watch him against, uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch. I watch him against Le'Veon Bell. Some of the best running backs in the league, the toughest guys to bring down one-on-one, and he's doing it consistently, and it takes a lot. It takes a lot of discipline to come downhill, run the alley, and that's that area between the tackle and the wide receiver. That's a big area that you've got to cover, and all it takes is one little move, and you make that safety miss, and it's, and it's nothing but, but green grass until the end zone. He does a great job of breaking down, coming to balance, as they say, as a, as a defender, and finishing a tackle one-on-one. It's really, really impressive that he's able to do that. But then also, he, he's a big hitter on the back end. He's very sound in terms of his angles, playing passes you know, on the, in the deep third. He had some great plays on the ball as well. Just a really, really impressive, instinctive player. Yeah, and how about the, uh, the Rams secondary and all the money that they got in, in free agency this year? Janoris Jenkins goes to the Giants on like a $60 million deal. They franchise tag Tremaine Johnson to keep him there. Uh, and, you know, kind of as a result of that, uh, Rodney McLeod ends up hitting the open market, and the Eagles scoop him up. And, of course, you want to wait and see till you know, the players actually get on the field and, and how things shake out there. But the idea of McLeod uh, playing next to Malcolm Jenkins, I think, is uh, – Certainly, you know, Eagles fans are really happy about that. Yeah, and, and really the, the big thing, too, is, you know, you look at who are the successful free agent signings if you go back over the past few years. And the, a lot of times the, the most successful signings are players that go to teams where they already have some kind of a connection or there's some kind of, uh, you know, there, there's an easy way to translate a guy's skill. Where has, has uh, Jim Schwartz been in the past? Who has he worked with? He's worked with Greg Williams. Right. He's worked with Jeff Fisher. To have that right off the bat, have some resources that you can say, hey, look, this is, what, this is how he learns. This is what, what he does best. And obviously, look, they watch tape. They see what he can do. But if you have those kind of resources that you can lean on and say, hey, how did you work with this kid? What were some things that worked well? What didn't work well? That's going to go a long way with, with Rodney McLeod here in Philadelphia and Jim Schwartz. How do you think... Jim Schwartz will utilize the two safeties because in the last couple of years, the safeties have been interchangeable. You know, you've had Walter Thurman last year along with Malcolm Jenkins and, you know, either can come down the box, either can play the deep field. Do you think it goes back to being, you know, the traditional free where you have McLeod who plays deep and then Jenkins plays underneath in the box? Or is it going to be the same where they can be interchangeable? I think that they can go either way. When I talked to Greg for the, for the article, Greg thinks that they're going to go free strong. Okay. He thinks that Malcolm Jenkins will be the strong safety down near the box. We'll also be able to play in the slot and can do some things over the tight end. But then you also have uh, Rodney McLeod who will stay deep. And that's what, because that's what he did with the St. Louis Rams over the last few years. I think that they can go either way, though. I don't think that McLeod is as good necessarily one-on-one in man coverage during the slot as Jenkins is. But I think that he's got enough ability there and certainly has the ability to be able to play in space uh, that I think that they could, they could go either way. What I thought was interesting was I got the opportunity to MC a chalk talk where they invite season ticket members to come to the NovaCare complex and they have a chance to watch film with the coaches. And on the day that McLeod signed, it was Tim Houck who was giving the chalk talk. So he's queuing up plays of McLeod and showing him. Uh, there was the one where he dislodged the ball from Larry Fitzgerald. It was a lot a of the play. same. What was just funny was, and I even asked you this, Fran. I said, Fran, did you coordinate with the video department? Did you have like a list of his top plays or something? And you said, no, you had watched a couple of games. I'm like, the plays that you pulled and the plays that they had to highlight what he did in St. Louis were almost identical. A lot of them were the same. So, Thank you. So 
it was just fascinating from that standpoint. But seeing the range he had, the discipline he had, everything that you mentioned, Fran, um, player that maybe not a lot of you know a lot of fans knew about beforehand. But I think fans are going to be very excited. Uh, to have him here in Philadelphia. Yeah, and one of my favorite plays that I've seen him made, I actually tweeted out the video uh, a few days ago. There was an interception return, it may have been Janoris Jenkins, somebody else on the Rams, Johnson. Tremaine, Johnson, Tremaine Johnson, picks yep. off a pass, and McLeod comes out of nowhere. He's back playing high safety over the top, and on the return, he sprints from out of the picture from right to left, and he absolutely destroys an offensive <laughs> lineman uh, on the Detroit Lions. And he just flat-out pancakes him. And it, it's this unbelievable play, just a really high-motor, high-effort play. And I think that's really going to endear him to the fans here. Yeah, everyone talks about the Emmanuel Sanders hit, which turned yeah. out to be legal, but he was flagged for at the time. Mm-hmm. I like the Michael Ola play. The, that's the right, pick that's six. The that's the lineman that he trucked. I like that play a lot more. So definitely, it, it's on YouTube. Uh, I know... Bounty Bowl, Eagles fan uh, at Bounty Bowl on Twitter. He was tweeting at me about it, that he was glad that we kind of uh, showed it to him. So definitely, if you haven't seen it, it's worth a look. Uh, Alex, uh, we'll stick with the secondary mm-hmm. in terms of the most intriguing moves. You're going to cheat a little bit here and go a little combo on us here. Yes, I am. But it's kind of sticking along the same thing, the same theme of uh, adding some nastiness to the Eagles' defense. And really, the, the moves that I'm looking at, the signing of Leotis McKelvin bringing in Ron Brooks, and then the latest move, which is re-signing Nolan Carroll and bringing him back in the fold and really solidifying that cornerback position. Um, but there's, there's a lot to like about these moves. One of the things that Fran mentioned just a little, little while ago was the familiarity with Jim Schwartz, obviously with Leotis McKelvin and with Ron Brooks. Um, just getting those guys and having them transition kind of easily back into the defense I think can go a really long way. Um, and... Another intriguing thing is that we, we really don't know how these players are going to be used just yet. You know, time will tell how that happens. But a lot, of, uh, a lot of different ways to use it with a guy like McKelvin who could play inside, outside. Ron Brooks is another one of those heavy hitters um, out of LSU who had his most successful year under Jim Schwartz. Um, it, it seems like any player who's played for you know, Buffalo in the last few years, they had their most successful season under Jim Schwartz, and I, and I don't think that was an accident. So, um, and, and you know, combining it with the Rodney McLeod move, of really bringing that edge to the Eagles secondary, it's going to be a, a physical, I think a hard-hitting group. Um, and I think you know, the Brandon Brooks move was maybe, or Rodney McLeod may have been, the biggest splash that the Eagles made in free agency, the biggest name. But just kind of this under-the-radar, solidifying that cornerback position here uh, and really providing some depth to a position where, after the trade of Byron Maxwell, you really weren't sure uh, you know, what the Eagles would do at cornerback. So I really like that trio of moves there for the Eagles. And what do, you, what do you have with all three of those players, with Brooks, McKelvin, and Nolan Carroll? Guys that could play inside right. and guys that could play outside. Yeah, and that, and that gives... Jim Schwartz, a lot of versatility, a lot of flexibility in, in how he can call defense and then also how they can really uh, assort these guys once they get into mini camp and training camp in the summer. It's going to be great because they can hit the ground running. They already know the scheme. It's going to be very much the same like he ran in Buffalo. Uh, you touched on the fact that these guys all had career years playing for Schwartz, and I loved hearing the guys um, speak so glowingly about Jim Schwartz, right. and not just as a coach, but as a person as well, that he's the type of coach that they want to play for. He's very straightforward, no nonsense. He knows how to communicate with the guys, and he gets the best out of them. And that's what players want. Players want to be told, how are you going to make me better? And then they will follow the lead. These guys are all proof, so they can come into the locker room and say, guys, this defense works. We're all examples of it. We're going to bring it to Philadelphia. And you mentioned with the attitude, 
Uh, Tommy Lawler wrote this in his Fandemonium column for PhiladelphiaEagles.com over the weekend. This is a defense I think fans can be proud of. Sure. You know, and this defense has had talent the last couple of years, no question about it. But when's the last time that you really said that you know you're going to be really excited to see this defense on the field? And I feel like fans are going to be saying that this year in training camp, in the preseason, and ultimately in the regular season. Yeah, I think we're we're seeing that shift to the Eagles. You know, really having that defensive identity, uh, which I don't think the teams had over the last three years. I think with, with Chip Kelly and his staff here, the focus was on the offense, was on the offensive side of the ball and the up-tempo, and that kind of drew all the fans' attention in. And almost, you know, the defense was kind of secondary in, in that way. But, um, yeah, absolutely, C-Mac. I think, this is gonna, I think the fans are going to be really excited about, that deep, about this defense and, and what they can bring to the Eagles. And I think the defense under Chip was not just secondary because of all the attention to the offense, but because of the play counts, absolutely. the snap counts. Right. You know, we know the numbers that the Eagles' defense have been forced to play. You know, and I've been told that not only does that wear on you physically, even though players you know, were pretty good from an injury standpoint, were pretty fresh at the end of the season, but there's only so many ways you can disguise your coverage on a you know, third and three situation. You know, right. the teams knew what point. was what was coming. So compound that with the struggles the Eagles had turning over the ball and not being able to move the ball on offense. That's why basically the seven and nine 2015 campaign happened sure. in a nutshell. Hmm. So my last thing uh, for three and out is give me a different take on the trades. Now I'm stoked the fact the Eagles. We're able to move up from number 13 to number 8 overall, and you know we're going to delve into that a lot on the Jerry and Drive podcast presented by Triple Eight on Wednesday, so make sure to download it. Uh, but to me, it's a case of addition by subtraction. And something that we heard a lot you know, in the first week of free agency was the reaction of guys to when they found out that they had been signed to contracts. You know, Going back to you know, Brent Selleck got emotional when he found out he was going to end his career as an Eagle. Mm-hmm. Sam Bradford was was fired up. He told Peter King in the Monday morning quarterback column, you know, about, you know, he wanted the deal done three days ago. He can't wait to get things started here. And fired up Sam Bradford is the best Sam Bradford. That's exactly, yeah. I'm just picturing the fist pump going down go. the field. So, <laughs> you know, you want guys who want to be in the building. And no offense to the guys who, you know, have been moved have moved on in trades, but you just didn't feel that with DeMarco Murray and Byron Maxwell in particular. Um you know, I thought Kiko Alonso would be back just mm-hmm. because of his contract, but I think Jim Schwartz probably realized he's not a fit, so they were able to get value for him, which is great. But Byron Maxwell came to Philadelphia last year. Uh, he said he went to wherever he was going to get the most money. And, look, I think that probably happens more often than not in free agency. Sure. Certainly the city, the scenario will play a factor. But, you know, guys are trying to take advantage of getting the paycheck. Sure. And to him, that was the biggest thing. But DeMarco Murray just never seemed settled in Philadelphia whatsoever from day one. Um, you know, I think that permeated through the locker room. I think guys felt like, you know, he was scorned by Dallas and was trying to do what he could to get back at them. Sure. And getting a big money deal, along with a chance to play them twice a year, I think enticed DeMarco Murray. But once he took the contract, probably, you know, had some buyer's remorse to an extent. And... He has admitted many times that he needs to look in the mirror because he didn't. He basically took the year off. So I just think getting those types of attitudes, those players out of the locker room when you're trying to rebuild the culture, you know, with Doug Pearson, I think was vitally important. So certainly the fact that they got tremendous value for them is outstanding. But I think it's just an addition by subtraction to get guys who don't want to be here out of here, 
and then move on and start fresh with the guys like you know we mentioned with the Jim Schwartz guys, guys who want to play for Jim Schwartz and are excited to be here in Philadelphia. And, and look what Brandon Brooks Brandon said Brooks, during his man. press conference too. Now, did Brandon Brooks probably get a pretty nice contract? I'm sure that he did. No question. But he mentioned right off the bat about how much he felt wanted here and how the Eagles players, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, these guys reached out to him, they texted him, they called him, they said, hey, we want you here, we want you to be a part of this team. And on the offensive line, that chemistry is maybe more important than with any other position group, with those guys having to work together, you know, being next to each other every single day and every single Sunday being out there together. So uh, hearing something like that from a guy like Brandon Brooks, who is, uh, you know, a high-priority free agent, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of teams around the NFL were hoping to acquire his services, but for him to say that he felt the most wanted by both the front office and the locker room here, um, I think that was really key to hear. All right, so that's going to do it for us on three and out. Now to your your answers, I should say, not even questions. This week it's your answers in mailing it in. Captain, incoming message. Please check your mailbox. A new message has arrived. And now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in our segment, Mailing It In. All right, so to wrap things up here on this week's edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. Again, we are going to take a bit of a hiatus. This will be the last episode of the podcast until training camp. But until then, let's get to your reaction on mailing it in. The question that I posted from at Eagles Insider this morning was, what do you want to see the Eagles accomplish with the remainder of free agency before the draft? Alex, what are some of the responses? Right, so a lot of the responses are kind of similar. That they'll, they'll mention some of the same players. Uh, so apologies if I picked one tweet instead of yours, even though we're, we're talking about the same players here. Uh, but the first answer comes from Jared Melcher, at jmelch1212, uh, who wants the Eagles to sign Anquan Bolden to a one-year deal. He thinks it would be a nice veteran wide receiver presence. And Nick Fairley would be a good pickup for the Eagles on defense. Uh, guys, obviously, two veteran players who bring a lot to both sides of the football. Yeah, and what do we say about the successful free agents in the past and you look around the league certainly you want some kind of familiarity on the coaching staff Nick Fairley was drafted by Jim Schwartz obviously there's a lot of comfort there with Schwartz and Fairley so that would make a lot of sense and then with Anquan Bolden I know the Eagles would like to add to the receiver position but the one thing that Harry Roseman said that he wants is deep speed Anquan Bolden a phenomenal possession receiver not going to give you that deep speed I do understand the sentiment that you want a veteran inside the locker room to kind of be able to mentor the guys. Um, you know, maybe they, maybe they add a guy, but to me, I, I feel like they seem pretty good with where they're at, at this point. You know, you would expect them to probably address things through the draft, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a veteran. I don't know if Anquan Bolden would be the type, you know, but we could go back to, you know, the Eagles uh, debates of 2008 when that's who the fans wanted each and every offseason was for Anquan Bolden and, <laughs> and Larry Fitzgerald to be added to the yeah. team. Uh, all right, uh, kind of along the same lines here at the wide receiver position, this one comes from at Kyrie underscore Fisher. Uh, speaking of those deep threats, what about a player like Mike Wallace? Would he be a fit here with the Eagles? I guess the only thing with Wallace is, is this would be, what, his third team in three years and fourth and five? Yeah. Right. So it's, it's almost hard to keep track of yeah. which different spots he's been at. Yeah, just, you know, why is he bounced from right. team to team? You know, he leaves Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's been thriving at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, had great opportunity in Miami where he was the big-ticket free agent, was then sent to Minnesota, uh, got to work with a young quarterback, just, 
you know, has not been able to take advantage of that talent. He has the deep speed, but I think the question is, I think Fran hit the nail on the head, is why is he going from team to team to team in recent years? All right, let's take a, take a look at another one here. This one comes from at Steven Sawyer, 16. Uh, two more veteran guys and another guy uh, with the Jim Schwartz connection. James Jones on defense or Arian Foster to the running back group? I feel like, to me, at running back at this point, they want to get younger. You know, mm-hmm. you've got Ryan Matthews. You have Kenyon Barner in the fold. Um, they're certainly going to need to add to it. I just feel like from what Howie said at the Combine um, – to Aaron Foster, who's been extremely productive, but you know durability is certainly a concern with him. You know you wouldn't have him come in to, you know to be the focal point. He could you know spread the wealth, but you already have Matthews, who you know has some injury question marks of his own. So obviously the price is right, but I feel like the Eagles want to get younger there and not make a heavy investment in free agency at the position. I've been a big fan of Jason Jones since I remember it was actually one of my first years here, and we did a film room segment breaking down top free agent players. And Jason Jones was a free agent with Tennessee. He ended up signing in Detroit with Schwartz. He played for Schwartz in Tennessee, has been very productive with the Lions, and he plays inside, he plays outside. A guy that I would be really, really intrigued by. Uh, We'll see what happens there. I think Jones is a really fun player, though. All right, let's look at one more name here. And, again, multiple people have uh, brought this player up. Uh, I'll go to Adam Quinn, at Adam P. Quinn, who brings up the name Brandon Boykin. Obviously a player that the Eagles have familiarity with. Um, but we mentioned some of the moves at cornerback earlier in the show. So at this point, uh, do you think it would make sense for Brandon Boykin to still be on the Eagles' radar? There were reports that the Eagles were showing interest early in the free agency process. To me at this point, you've already added Brooks. You've added McKelvin. Now you've brought back Nolan Carroll. You know, you already have you know, Eric Rowe in the mix. I... I personally don't see it. You know, obviously, we all know that he was traded to Pittsburgh last, you know, the start of training camp last year. But, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't fit in the parameters of Chip Kelly's defense. Um, I certainly think that he would be welcome back to Philadelphia. Um, played very well back in that 2013 season, helping the Eagles win the NFC East. But I just feel like with all the veteran moves the Eagles have already made mm-hmm. at the position, uh, I don't see it as a fit at this point. Yeah, it just becomes a matter of bodies and competition at that point. Is you know you sign. We talked about the three names you brought in. You have Rowe, you have Jacory Shepard, and Denzel Rice, and sure, a couple of these young Levin. guys are here, of course, and Randall Evans as well. Uh, you know, it's a matter of bodies. Can Brandon Boykin come in and be part of that competition? Absolutely. It's just a matter of what's the price that price tag that goes with that. And does does he see the writing on the wall? Right. Seeing all these bodies in here now, he's probably thinking, well, where do I fit in there? Sure. at that point? So. Sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Again, we're going to take a little bit of a break and get a revamped version of the show ready for you for starting in training camp. Uh, But until then, make sure to check out Eagle Eye in the Sky with Fran Duffy each and every Tuesday during to the draft presented by AAA every Wednesday. And, of course, Eagles Live with Dave Spadaro dropping on Thursdays. For Alex Smith and Fran Duffy and Brian Thomas behind the scenes, I'm Chris McPherson. Thank you for listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast.